And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot. Goal. Welcome to another edition of the Glover's Cast. I am on intro duties this, uh, oh God, what day is it? It's a Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, because um, tomorrow's a Monday, which uh, always confuses me when it comes to bank holidays. But uh, I think my name might be Dave. You probably guessed that, to borrow a phrase from a good friend of mine. I'm going to now introduce that good friend, Mr. Ben Barrett. Welcome to the Glover's Cast. Thanks for having me on the Glover's Cast. That's okay. It's great to uh, it's great to have you. And unfortunately, we haven't got um, Mr. Ian Perkins. Uh, he's not on the canvas anymore, but he is watching oversized men in spandex throw themselves around Wembley Stadium. So we thought, well, where, where else do we go but to another Glover's Cast OG, an original. You go back and you go onto our website and you look for the early days. Glover's cast the early days, and you will hear the voice of Ian Perkins, but you will also hear the voice of the one, the only, Three Valleys Radio's own, Mr. Dave Pryor. Boys, how are we? we Long, it's, all been, the it's best. been a while, all, Dave. It's been a while. It's been a it has long. been a while. It has been a while. Thank you very much for having me. Glover's cast the early years. Yeah, that does sound, sound quite interesting, whether... You know, Netflix might take that on or something. I don't know. Okay. I, if I date myself horribly by saying it's like some weird Saved by the Bell spin-off, would that mean anything to either of you? Yeah. You know what I'm talking uh, about, don't you? I'm thinking Screech. Is that right? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to cast anybody here at all, but <laughs> I am obviously the AC Slater of the uh, of the, of the piece, aren't I? But there's, there's care. There's it has gone in a, it has gone in no a slightly idea. different different direction because i thought you were going to say and talking of men in spandex it's dave Pryor. <laughs> <to the> <laughs> yeah yeah that, and, and, and that is the reason gone. we're audio only yeah because <laughs> exactly, you yeah. can't see what i can see so oh, yeah. Jesus, no, no. use your imagination kids how are we um dave you were at the football yesterday and last time i checked we won we did mate did we, we did you can confirm it yeah and do you know what we won and we in my opinion, we played quite well as well. Oh, they played quite well. Yeah. yeah. And a clean, sorry, clean O on here, isn't it? It's clean O. Clean sheet. I mean, some might argue that you know the Busey didn't really have, have too much to do, but hey, the, the defense did their part. And probably that was all part to the fact that it was a pack four boys. Oh yes, tactical now. Straight in early there, haven't I? Like Sorry, day. he's gone. He's Perkins gone isn't around, so I can just hear him saying about the whole back fine dish the dish out the the wing backs, the deep fried wing backs. So <laughs> deep fried wing backs. This is what <laughs> happens when you sit next to Paul Thorpe for the afternoon, isn't it? I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did tune into you for the first half of um uh of Saturday's game. So I uh I, I picked up on uh on on you and you and Thorpe and he, he he doesn't seem to be a fan of um of, of wing backs particularly. No, not at all. Um it's the same kind of situation that you boys have discussed over and over again to be honest, in which case that mostly Ian to be fair. Three yeah. three five two it 
it does work. It does work if you have the attacking fullbacks that you think are actually going to bomb on, do the overlapping and get the crosses into the box. And whilst Whittle, I think, is probably capable of doing that on the left, Morgan Williams is a strange one because it's a strange one. <laughs> it's a good strange one because he's very athletic. He's very quick. He, okay, he's not a natural forward-thinking player, but he is definitely somebody who can get up and down the pitch quite easily. But I think the back four, as I'm sure we'll touch on in detail shortly i thought that just sort of suited him quite well yesterday so, so i mean there's always a good place to start it's the beginning and the uh and the lineup there was uh there's quite a few changes wasn't it well in in term in the context of this season i suppose because there hasn't been a huge number of changes mm. but um and we'll, we'll go on to talk about some of these characters i'm sure but jordan young and sunny blue low everton both getting their their first starts and uh, and Frank Noble not in the team for the first time in I know we're only five games in now aren't we but the first time this season as well were you were you surprised Dave at all to see those changes after the draw against Mason seven days earlier yeah I was I, I was quite surprised to see Young and um, Blue Low Everton together actually it's not really something I've really thought about before to be honest and why they might not necessarily be similar players they do kind of have that feel of being that player that can sort of play in between the lines like we've got we don't have too many of those players that can sort of play a majority of different positions obviously we've got Maguire Drew that we've sort of been using in that 10 I realize I'm just doing that with my hand when I'm talking about the number 10 just that little <laughs> That's bit it. And, and that works bowl. brilliantly for yeah, all yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. that little bit if, of if thing, you imagine yeah. someone sort of like juicing a lemon that's what Dave is doing <laughs> yeah that's a what lemon. I'm doing yeah I'm juicing a lemon juicing a lemon you're not seeing that Changing up, what would you call it as? I would describe that as that is. <laughs> this is great bit in the podcast. Yeah, Ben is kind of like wet, like flailing his hand in front of him and just looking slightly confused at it. Now. It's one of those, isn't it? Where he said, "Oh, um, what's one of those? Is a dead one of these, or is it the other <laughs> way around?" Um, not that that's still going to be able right. to help the listeners. This is, what we're talking this about. Is gonna, this anyway. is going to have to be a video. Anyway, carry on, Dave. <laughs> yeah, but um, sorry, going back to your original point, was I surprised that um, they were starting? Yeah, I was surprised that, um, as I say, they were they were both in the starting. 11, but I was also quite excited by it as well because it did kind of have that little bit of an unknown factor about it. And that was kind of what sort of caught um, Tunbridge off guard a little bit, to be honest, because, well, I say it caught them off guard. The opening two minutes was quite bizarre, really, because I referenced it, referenced it in the conclusions. And al although it's only two minutes, it's not really that much of a... Um, of a sample size to talk about how how a game's going to go. But it was very much a case of like balls were coming into the box, both Staunton and Wannell were having to clear it away quite a few times in that opening two minutes. I mean, it's only when we managed to draw a free kick, it was a bit like, whoa, are we going to start now? And is that what happened? And I just wondered as well, it was the third time as that um, we had been turned around or, or at least a, it looked that way. I mean, I don't, I just assume that we lo we've lost the toss on the last, last three and we've actually been turned around and we haven't just made that decision, but it's just interesting to know whether or not that does actually have any impact on the players at all. I did ask Paul Thorpe that question and he did seem to think that there was something to it, although it's probably more so the, uh, the feeling of, of the fans in the stadium rather than what the, 
the players are really thinking about, but it was an interesting point all the same. There was a couple of um, uh, quotes on the documentary, the two-parter from Liam, where Mark Cooper kept referring to, I wish we could attack that end twice. We can't seem to score at the other end, but you know we want the home end. And I think that there is always a feeling of you want the home end second half. And actually what we've been getting is the home end first half and then you attack away. Um, With the idea being that I guess so-called, for want of a better phrase, lesser teams will shut up shop for the first half and then have a go at you in the second half. And you don't want to be attacking the, the, the quiet away end if you're, if you're needing something. So I think it is, I think it is deliberate of teams. It's just a little 1% thing that I think teams will try and have a go at us of, they don't want to attack that half first half. Don't give them the pleasure. Mm. And I, I, so I do think, um, I do think Josh needs to work on his coin tossing skills, or I guess it'll be Matt on Monday, but <laughs> maybe he can do something a little bit better. Yeah. And listening to our, our reel on Instagram and uh, Ollie, Ollie said there, didn't he? He's going to have to uh, work on that in training, I think. So practices his coin toss. But uh, like you say, though, Dave, after those first couple of minutes, it seemed we set, we settled into it and everyone was like, right, OK, uh, we're, we're going to play now. And very quickly, by the sounds of it, because sort of took the, the game by the, by the scruff of the neck. After talk about the conditions, because it seemed to be to start with, it was looked quite nice or sounded quite nice, certainly from um, what people were telling me from the ground. And then the heavens just literally it persisted it down for quite some time. Yeah, it did. It, it's one of those where you don't really want to keep on. You know, the last thing people want to hear on the radio is what you know what's happening up in the sky. But it felt more and more relevant to the game as we as it was going on. I mean, with each sort of intermittent downpour it seemed to get worse and worse and it almost felt like it was like monsoon season at, at one point out there and and what always happens in this situation you know Paul thought was saying to me okay the conditions would be great everyone's going to be sliding into each other people need to be able to have shots and goal but it never really tends to work out that way I don't know if it's just a case of the fans kind of get excited with that or if you're like, oh, it must be a little bit of a different dimension to be able to just get in there quicker and start taking pot shots from left, right and centre because the keeper's going to spill it. And Buse did have one, I think, shaky clearance in the first half. That was about it. Um, luckily, I think it went straight to Josh. He wasn't best pleased about the whole thing, but I say it could have, been, could have been a lot worse. But other than that, the conditions didn't seem to make too much of a factor as I thought that it would have done. But hey, um, the Angels might disagree with that. Did it ever get yeah. a bit dicey? Gary Hours on BBC at times was going, I hope this doesn't get much worse much quicker. Otherwise, he was talking about a game at Colchester he'd been at where it had been abandoned halfway through because of the weather and stuff. Did it ever get a bit dicey or was it always kind of all right? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was always all right um, to an extent. I mean... We've, we've seen downpours at Hewish Park quite quite a lot before, haven't we? So I was starting to look at certain areas of the pitch and I was thinking, is it is it staying there? Are people still able to sort of walk about and just sort of on the areas outside the um, the the lines as well, just round about where people will be walking around to as well? Because quite often Hewish Park can sort of just easily pick up puddles <laughs> um, throughout the ground, really. But there, there wasn't really any of that, which I guess was quite surprising because of the amount of rain that fell. But... I don't know whether or not Martin Hellier and his boys also worked on the drainage over the summer. I don't know, but um, luckily it didn't affect the game. 
And one thing that we called for on last week's episode, Thursday's episode, was an early goal. Settle some nerves, <laughs> get the thing going. 13 minutes in, Jordan Young gets a nice little ball, sends a Tunbridge defender off for a hot dog on his left foot, cuts in on his right foot, and it's a nice little finish, hard and low. Seen a couple of people say keepers should be doing better, but for me, everyone, defender, goalkeeper, everyone's expecting that left foot shot. It's a quick flick back to the right foot and a good low hard finish. I think that's just good forward play. I'm not sure the keeper's going to have too many complaints about that. I agree, completely agree. And I think as well, the way that Jordan Young had started, I think there was a bit of an element of, well, this guy's this guy's obviously a good player, but he's all left foot. He's all yeah. left foot. And then suddenly he was just like, oh, actually, slip him inside, hit it with the right. I think it was just like you say, catch him off guard. But it was a really nice finish. And the fact that he was even wanting to be able to take it onto his right foot was encouraging because the amount of times that we've been in positions before and we're thinking right now, shoot, shoot, do something. And then we try and go back again. And okay, he did check back inside in order to get the shot, but he still took it quite quickly. And I think that is what definitely what what beat the keeper. Yeah, definitely a good finish. It was it was an intent, wasn't it, of a check back. Previously, it had been a cautious check back or a recycle out to a wide area. This was an intent of I need to find a little bit more room, checking in, bang, gone. And yeah, for me, it was good. I was really glad for Jordan Young in particular because the back end of last season, I thought he was a bit of a, a bit of a spark, but he needed that goal desperately needed that first goal and i i hope it sees him go on a little bit of a run i really do because i think he's got something about him i just wonder if he might fall foul to that little bit of not necessarily knowing where you knuckle him down to if he plays like i know i just touched on the fact that it it's a good thing that he plays in a number of you know he can probably play in a number of positions i'm not going to do that hand gesture again but it might then possibly be to his detriment as the season goes on, maybe. I don't know if Jordan Maguire-Drew is starting to, you know, steal the show as we would expect him to at this level. And then it might just be a case of, you know, do we do we play him down the middle? But then with the, the strike force that we've got at the moment, maybe that's not something that Mark Cooper's thinking about. But then if he played like he did on Saturday, he might kind of force the Mark Cooper's hand a little bit because it was a really good performance. I think we have a few players like that, don't we? That yeah. can play not necessarily in multiple positions, but you can certainly see them playing around into um, mid bit, like Low Everton being another one. Mm. And that, um, Jordan Stevens, when when he's back, another one. Uh, and then even the the front three, I think Jake Hyde seems to be a sort of straight down the middle kind of guy. But um, but we've seen Murphy and and Newble both playing further out haven't we well one thing I was going to ask about the goal was whether you thought the surface made any difference because it did seem to me that it was a it was a bit of a, a, a fizzer and um, I, I having seen it when when I saw it at the time I did think yeah he's done well um, to, 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 to beat the keeper there especially because I'm sure we'll come on to it that keeper had a game of his life didn't he I think he yeah. made uh, he, he made obviously we'll, we'll come to the penalty but um, did very well to um, to beat him. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it did. Like Ben touched on the fact that he he did visit in as well, but with the conditions, probably it did zip off that surface. Yeah. It was it was like you say, it was so torrential yeah, that yeah. it probably did have um, a hand in that. But it just didn't really kind of kick on from there, really, in terms no. of peppering the goal and by either team, really. Um, but then, let's say, by half time, the the sun did 
come out a little bit. And it's, it's weird how that happens, isn't it? You've got 45 minutes of torrential rain and then just on the half time whistle, it dries up and everything's okay whilst you've got a 15 minute break. But and then they oh, yeah, quite. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But like you say, fast start, get a goal. Did you think at that point, or was the feeling in the ground then of right now we're going to go and score a, a, a few more, or or was it us? Because looking at the highlights and listening to the commentary, it sounded like we had the chances to score, well, to be further ahead come come half time. Was that a, a disappointment that it was only one? Yeah, it was. I think from that from that point on, it did just sort of settle everybody down because I say with the start that that Tunbridge had had as well, there was a little bit of angst amongst the crowd to start with, is to say that, you know, there's a lot been said about the performances um, in the, you know, in the season so far up to this point. So I think that did kind of overshadow things a little bit, but once we got the goal, it did seem to just relieve everything and you could it seemed to relax the players a little bit as well. Um, we seemed much more comfortable in possession and certainly coming out from the back that, I know a lot of people have spoken about one or so far this season, and I haven't seen a lot of him yet, but I was really surprised at just how comfortable he is at just coming straight out from the back. He also just, he was just coming in as an extra midfield player and often was making himself available on the wing and even coming through the middle. It was quite um, eye-opening to see how he's got the, the license to be able to sort of start dictating play from the back as well. And that started to expand a little bit. Um, I'm struggling to kind of remember a really glaring opportunity to make it to truth be told. Um, I think there was elements of, we're starting to build up a little bit of possession here. Momentum's carrying us through and we had a few dangerous corners as well. Mm. Um, a lot, I think has been said about Charlie Cooper's delivery about how sometimes we don't beat the first man, but, when he does get it right, he really does get it right, but you never really feel that the other player is going to get on the end of it. There was a lot of um, good punching away from the from the opposition goalkeeper and managing to clear it out quite far, actually. But every time a good ball went in, you still were never really convinced that one of our boys was going to get on the end of it. So that's probably something that we need to kind of um, get better at, definitely. But we certainly went in at half-time thinking possibly could have um, sneaked another one in there because as we've seen so far this season, we're probably going to need it. We do we know where... Cool. I was just going to ask, do we know where uh, Sendall's white was? Because Elliot in particular was talking about him at the Maidstone game and saying um, what a threat he was, particularly from those those long throws. Was was it was it an injury or just a formation change that left him out, do you know? So he definitely wasn't in the squad is that right no, and the reason sure. i say that is because they did mess up a little bit on the team sheet so two jordan they, youngs, have, they yeah. had two jordan youngs but they had the jordan young as number five yeah. so i wasn't sure if just where i was at the point whether they wanted sendles white but just put jordan young or whether he wasn't actually there at all and it was just a complete a complete misprint so i did wonder the same the it, was, it was listed as jmd on the bench in that in that mystery Jordan Young wearing the five position, he was yeah. the man. Um, yeah. Sendles White, I think, was just not involved. Um, I think with Monday in mind, yeah, maybe. Assuming yeah. he sure. comes, he comes straight in for Staunton um, tomorrow. 
Um, I guess the thought would have been if you've got Zach Bell and one of your centre-back goes, Morgan Williams slots in in a four. If you move to wing-backs and bring Zach Bell on, as we do, Morgan Williams slots into the three. So you've got the backup on the pitch at centre-back and you've only got five. We haven't had a keeper on the bench once yet this season. I think mm-hmm. he's just using the five to his best probable sort of advantage, really. Where does he need his five? And his backup centre-back was probably on the pitch. Just my thought. I don't know. But I'm almost certainly he comes straight in on Monday. So, Yeah. With the, do, do you think it is a case of with the formation changes again and it goes to a five on Monday and tomorrow? Today? As you're listening to this? Today? Um, I don't know. Probably is my guess. Probably. Because I think he'll go to a three. Williams in the middle with Sendles, White and Wannell. Because I think... There's a little concern about pace on a plastic pitch, a ball that will bounce through very, very nicely every single time, very easily to get caught turning around. I think you want a little bit of pace in the middle there. And I think you put Williams in and probably Bell on the right of, a, of the five. So I, I I, would guess so. Yes. But the second half, um, go back to, to, hmm. to Saturday, Dave, it, it yeah. sounded like uh, Tom Bridge came out and... Uh, showed what they were about. I don't know if the, they got a bit of a rocket at halftime or whatever, but they certainly didn't look like a team that was uh, felt like they were beaten. They, they they came out quite strongly, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Well, they, we, we certainly wondered if there was a rollicking of some description because um, a few of their players did start, start to come out five minutes before everybody else. So I don't right. know if there was just three or four of them that were just picked on as not being put in particularly good performances. I don't know. But yeah, it was noticeable, but... Um, Tunbridge did come out um, before Yeovil did, but for the first sort of five, 10 minutes, they very much were in the ascendancy. I think it can be proved to be a little bit of a threat in particular. He had a couple of speculative efforts um, from range and the end didn't really trouble views that, um, that much. So that was uh, encouraging from that perspective that we weren't really inviting it on and getting themselves into a position where they were really in true goal scoring um, true goal scoring positions it was still very much relatively speculative again the corners the corner count was starting to step up a little bit as well Buse was getting his um, if it's to them which would definitely would have um, given him the confidence I think sometimes it didn't necessarily go in the direction that he wanted him to but it was one of those where he's just sort of done enough and for what he's probably feeling at this moment in time in the oval goal it's I think it was probably one of those where he's like yeah the danger's away I'm I'm happy with that that will do that's enough and I'm sure we'll come on to it as well but the fact that he then obviously went on to get the clean sheet without it being his most testing performance of the season I think that will just possibly settle him down a bit now I think you'll probably settle him all down a bit because yeah. it was a bit of a a bit of a final box to tick. We'd had a win. We'd had a horrible stinking loss that was a bit unlucky. We'd had a comeback victory. We'd scored more than one goal. You know, we were ticking off those little, you just want to get them out of the ways. And that was the final get it out of the way, which was a clean sheet. And actually that will benefit all of them. I think, especially knowing you've got to make a defensive change. 99 times out of 100, you, you wouldn't make a defensive change off the back of a clean sheet. But in doing so... We go in with that little extra boost of confidence that actually, you know, we've we've kept that clean sheet and we can go into Monday thinking, 
okay, we're solid here. We know exactly what's going on. That's all of them. That's midfielders. That's the guys doing the mopping up. That's that's Whittle on the left. That's whoever's on the right. That's That feels maybe as significant as anything else out of that one. If we'd have let in a sloppy one late on, but still won the game, it would have felt a little bit flat, potentially. So for me, the clean sheet is as big as anything. That was very much the case because after the we'll touch on this, the second goal did go in because there was nine minutes of added time, I think it was. And then obviously the goal going in within that nine minutes and then more being added on as well. I think Tunbridge did get a corner or two then right at the um, at the very end of um, stoppage time. And there was just sort of a little bit of, okay, everyone's now just in a state of just get it away get that clean sheet don't mm. um tarnish the the performance with letting a sloppy one in at the end so that was just as um euphoric i think mm. when that whistle went let's talk about the penalty yeah let's do the penalty let's do this bit you mentioned in your conclusions dave about reese murphy how it was a a difficult game for him he'd obviously been the hero the week before coming off the bench and scoring an equalizer against maidstone but hey yeah, I, I, I didn't really want to come across as being being too critical, but I just kind of wanted to. It's just something that did stick out for me, certainly in the first half. That there was a couple of times where he was just sort of waiting for the ball to come to feet, and he wasn't really anticipating it quicker and and sort of dropping deeper to be able to retrieve it. He would just sort of be holding his line and waiting for the ball to come. But Tunbridge were quite defensively; they were. They were okay. They were quite quite quick in getting the interception and quite quick in the tackle. And there was a couple of times where Reese, I think, was the type of player he is as well, was just starting to get more and more frustrated, as we know that he can do. And then that sort of happened in the second half as well. So I think when they because it remind was it Murphy that was that went down yeah, to the pen. It was him, wasn't it? Because it all seemed to happen quite quickly. It sort of the ball just seemed to ricochet in the middle of midfield and suddenly before you knew it he was sort of running down the running down through on goal and well sort of towards the left a little bit and then just a little check back and we're we're a little bit off center where we do our commentaries it's quite difficult to kind of really get a um a clear view of it but it did seem like the whole stadium seemed to think that it was a stonewall penalty so who am i to argue not the first not the first of the game either. We'd had that one in the first half with Morgan Williams, was it, going down? I'm looking at the uh, HP source clip. It's, it feels a bit like it was time after time we were getting in there and not quite going. Um, When the penalty was given, Jake Hyde picks the ball up. Was there any kind of conversation between the two or was this one of those tactical things of person A picks the ball up, gets ready, but it's person B that takes it? So funnily enough, we did have that conversation. We did wonder if that was the case because we've seen that quite a few times before where they do seem to have that little bit of a conversation. But once Murphy did pick up the ball, there was it was then still quite a little bit of time before Murphy then did go on to take it. Um, I did see Murphy looking down at the penalty spot and putting his foot in it as if to say that it's been tampered with. I'd had, I didn't actually see whether the goalkeeper did go in first presumably he did because i think he did receive the yellow card he got yeah. booked didn't he yeah. Yeah. yeah because there was obviously it all happened whilst everyone was sort of surrounded each other so you kind of suspected there was some sort of foul play uh going on as there normally is at that point yeah but the the was it 
it, it didn't look like the greatest of penalties, I have to say. It was uh, it wasn't far in one corner. He seemed to try and and put it low and hard, didn't he? And if you're going to do that, I think you've got to put it right in the corner, haven't you? But it seemed to be a, a decent position for the keeper to get to. I mean, don't get me wrong, he did well to save it, but it's it's one of those, isn't it, where keeper goes the other way and nobody yeah. really says anything and just sort yeah. of goes, yeah, good penalty, slotted away, lovely jubbly, but. Very much the case, like you said, it, it didn't feel like it was in the corner. I haven't actually no. seen um seen a replay back of it, but it did look like the, if the goalkeeper's going the right way. He's probably got a high percentage of saving this. Okay, I mean, yeah. I guess we could possibly have the conversation about if he came off his line and all this kind of stuff. I don't actually know if that was the case, but might possibly something to think about. But I think yeah. I think in the little clip that Ollie did. It's quite clear it's not in the corner. It's not hitting the side netting. That's your ideal pen, isn't it? Hit the side netting first because really tall keepers aren't Could going. have done better with the rebound, maybe? Maybe I, that's a bit That harsh. was my very next point. He's got to score the rebound. I know it's an yeah. overhead kick, but I think he's got to score it because it comes back in at a nice height. I think he gets put off because Hyde is did jumping he have to in be? front of him. Because like, he, he, like you say, he did go very acrobatic. And I don't know mm. if just the euphoria of... Well, that's probably the wrong word, isn't it? Because he wasn't he wasn't a good thing missing the penalty. Yeah. But the just panic the, almost, the isn't panic, it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. In the panic, just thought, oh, here, here it comes, trying to do something you know get the improvisation going and then it, it was just it just kept curling further and further away yeah, from the goal it didn't miss by much i th- i don't think he's expecting it i think he's reacting very very quickly quite instinctively because i think he's thinking that hyde's going to get there and hyde tries to make the jump doesn't quite get it he flings his foot up it, I, I think he's got a score i think it's really really harsh but i think he's going to get it on target because if he gets on target he scores because the keeper's on the deck Keeper's not ready for it. Keeper's not ready for that ball to come back that quick. For me, so then as your report, as your uh, uh, conclusions, Dave say, he, I uh, did feel really sorry for him. It, at that it gets point. pulled Almost straight, straight off, away. Straight yeah. away, he he's coming off in his numbers up. I mean, I, what must you be feeling when you've um, they say you've missed the penalty? You've then possibly missed a really good, you know, clear cut opportunity to a tone from the mistake from the rebound but yeah you know i it's... It, it, it was obviously planned that that change was going to happen at that point regardless and again maybe thinking monday for for that one because we know that murphy is the one of the the strikers of him and hyde that are probably okay to play on the surface even not necessarily for the full 90 so i wonder if that was in his mind um and that change was always going to be made regardless um yeah, like you say, if he slots it away and then you say, okay, nice time to come off, just uh, take yeah. the penalty, thanks very much, and wrap yeah, him up yeah. for a bit. Look, Reese Murphy's taken enough penalties, scored enough goals, won enough points on his damn own, that he's going to have days where it ain't quite, it isn't quite happening, where the ball just yeah, isn't quite coming off the boot enough, and he'll know, he'll be big enough, old enough, and ugly enough to go, right, I will just damn well make sure I leather the next penalty. Next penalty for him will go down the middle, and he'll just leather the thing. Are we gonna Are we gonna have a chat about penalties generally? Because it probably is a little bit of a well, we did miss one as well in pre discussion. Mm. Yeah, Hyde skied one, didn't he? Um, I think we've got enough. And there was Fisher strikers. and Linton last season as well. Yeah, yeah, there was. I think we've. I think this season we've got enough good strikers of the ball. I wonder if JMD had been on the pitch, whether or not he'd taken it. Um, but. I think we've got enough players who are good enough strikers of a ball to 
be confident enough to step up. And actually, last season, I felt our options were quite slim until JMD joined us, probably. But now, this time, I'm okay if Jake Hyde takes the next one. I'm okay if Murphy takes the next one. JMD, I'd be quite happy if he takes one. I think Jordan Stevens, he's another one that's just going to leather the ball. I'd be okay if Ollie Thomas, Frank Newble, um, even Sonny Low Everton, you know, technical players, you ask them to hit a corner of a goal, I think they've got a better chance than most. I think we're in a better position this year, but it's not started well. It's not started well. <laughs> no. um, I guess they're working on it. I guess they they practice these things and they have an order and they have a, a preference list, but I'd imagine JMD will be, will be on the next one if he's on the pitch. Can I one ask those it... as well? Sorry, Dave. Um, I was just going to say, do you do you persevere with it? Like, if you if you've got your penalty taker and you say, right, I've got the confidence in you, you're you're my man. How often? How how much time do you give it before you say, actually, we need to move it on because we've had two, three opportunities? Is four too much? Probably. That that for me comes down to the person with the penalty, mm. and and only they will know. And and look, I. I've played a very, very, very low level of football and I was horrendous at penalties. I scored plenty of goals, but I was awful at penalties. Couldn't hack it. And I just knew front up that I, you know, I couldn't take them and I didn't like taking them. And a player will know. They will know. And Reese Murphy, the next time one happens, he will know if he wants it or not. And he has to be big enough and ugly enough to say, actually, no, I don't want it. Or, yeah, I'm fine. Give me, give me. And I think think there's any chance of Reese Murphy saying I don't want it. Well, uh, and you listen to Jake Hyde talking about his missed penalty in preseason. He said exactly the same thing. It happens. You just get on next time. I'll I'll score it. That's just why they they they've been as good a strikers in their careers as they have. Because yeah, yeah it, uh, I have sure. I have no problem. A penalty taker is all down to themselves. Yeah. Do they want to take it? If they want to take it, take it. You want to put your hand up and do it. And he, he's hit the target. And as you said, I was just going to say that. And are we sort of give element of forgiveness as long as they're hitting the target and not... There is that. Because like, it wider the post each time. If the, keep, if the yeah. keeper dies to his right, because he's expecting one down to his right, that ball just nestles in. Lovely, jubbly. Thank you very much. It gets 30 seconds of chat here and we move on. It's fine. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you, Reese, for giving us something to talk about for a little bit longer. So much appreciated. Yeah. Um, and if I, JMD could score the next one, that'd be lovely. Thanks. That would be. That would be good, yeah. I have to say, when when I, he was one player for a long time that I've actually felt confident when he steps up for a penalty. Yeah. And I say PTSD was spoken about a lot on this podcast. But, um, yeah, it's um, definitely the are, case. Are you but... boys expecting a high goal return from Murphy? Sorry, just very quickly, because there has been, obviously been a lot of conversation about that. And why I do think that there's no doubt that he's a really good purchase for us to be able to get get someone like him back in the fold. You, you just wonder if hopefully that hasn't been one injury too many. And with the, the places that he needs to go to in this season, that whether or not, you know, just just take a ballpark of 12 or something is not a bad return or you, you're looking for more than that I, I'd say I'd be uh, I think he's a 15 a goal 15, I'd be looking for about 15 for him but you'd be looking for similar from Jake I'd share it out with him, yeah people. yeah but you look at what he did in the two seasons that he was with us before when he obviously had a lot of injuries um in both of those those spells I think he was still top scorer of the first season he was obviously got more I think he was into the 20s wasn't he but I think even the second season when he wasn't playing hardly at all he's still got like 13 or 14 so I think he's more than capable of getting that this season 13 14 I I kind of expect a little bit more 
And it all comes with that okay. caveat. It all, it all comes with the caveat of if he stays fit, if we get 35 games out of him, I expect 20 goals. I do. I really do. He's that good. He's that good. That fox in the back. I, I was raising yeah, my yeah, eyebrows yeah. more at getting 30, 30 games that's, out That's what I mean. <laughs> that. And the same applies to Jake Hyde. Yeah. If you get 30, 35 games out of him, I expect a high goal return. I really do. And Jake Hyde, he had his little back heel flick. He had his little header. He had his moments. He could have had two, three on Saturday. It feels like if he clicks, yeah, that my my almost my, my best stat about Reese Murphy is that when he scored his 30th league goal for us, which was at the very back end of his first spell, the previous person to hit 30 league goals for us was Gavin Williams. To reach that 30-point mark, I mean, was Gavin mm-hmm. Williams in his second spell when he came back. It was the worldie against Oldham in 13. After that, no other player had hit a 30-point mark. Others have obviously hit 30 before, but no, no one else had hit 30 league goal points until Reese Murphy. And I think he's got that level. He's just a little bit quicker than everyone else. He's just got that little extra half yard of anticipation. If his legs aren't perfectly there, his brain still is. And I think that will get him in better positions in this division, probably a division lower than he should be in. Um, and I think those extra half yards of, of space, of seeing a move before it happens, of being able to grab a ball and say, I'll take a penalty, grab a ball and say, I'm doing this, that and the other. That, for me, sets him apart. And I'm yeah, that's why I'm expecting a higher return than, than maybe one or two others. Can I just add, and I meant to ask this on, th- on Thursday night, but you used a, a very big if when you said if Reese Murphy, uh, if, you, if you're getting fit. Uh, in the words of Mark Cooper, if my auntie had what's it, she wouldn't be my auntie anymore. Can <laughs> I just ask the two of you what crisps your auntie would require not to be your auntie anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I assume he's talking about crisps, right? He is, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Auntie um, must have some very strange crisps, but yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, move on, move on. Yeah. How do you move on for that? You, I, had another, I did have another question. Oh, go on. Go on, I had another question for Dave. Um, and we're going to break yeah. rule one here because the boss isn't here, so we can do whatever we like, right? Sure, yeah. uh, he doesn't even turn uh, up we've anymore. Got, we've kind of got to talk about it, though, haven't we? I was going to say there was a lot of chat about the referee and how on earth it didn't sound like a dirty game, but there were nine bookings, 10 if you include Mark Cooper, who <laughs> got a yellow yeah. card as well. How? Yeah, well, exactly that, exactly that. It it was one of those where where people were being booked, and you're saying, oh, "Was that even a foul?" And he's got a yeah. yellow card there. Okay, fair enough. And you just wonder if, particularly at this um, point in the season, where I'm assuming the new directives, which come out at the very top, filter all the way down even to this level. Is that how it works, Ben? Yes. Sorry, Dave. I realise I just addressed that one to Ben. But no, no, no. I would have referee as well. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it did kind of have that feel of sort of that there was a lot of players getting booked, probably about fifteen or twenty seconds after the foul had happened. So whether he was just laying down the law in terms of right, you're getting too close to me, you're saying the wrong thing, or or he's just giving himself some thinking time. I I, I don't know, but it did seem that it kind of went from from famine to feast because there wasn't really too much going on in the first half. And Thorpe referenced it in com- commentary that he actually thought that the referee wasn't too bad in that first half. But then suddenly in the second half, it was just like, oh, 
okay, I I don't actually mind doing some admin over the weekend. And then just suddenly it was just pop, 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 pop. I he just loves the holiday. paperwork. Yeah, That's what it is. I just haven't got any bank holiday plans. He's not going to a, um, to a fun day or... <laughs> I can confirm he did it quite quickly as well because I refreshed the FA portal first thing this morning and they were already up. So he, there he, he, yeah. he did it. He did it. He was on, He did it last night. He got home really excited to film. Family fun nerd. What a nerd. What an absolute square. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but they're all there. Um, yeah, all the bookings are up already. Crazy. Yeah. Well, okay. But um, well, let's let's, let's close the, the chat about uh, about Saturday on a on a on a on a more positive one and, and the goal, um, and uh, and a nice. Um, a uh, bit of interplay between was it Thomas and and Newell New and set Newell away then? Hang on, was I think we need to ask about the pronunciation because I'm getting confused now. Because mm. Ian on the on the tannoy says yes. Newell, because he Newell. does, and I feel responsible for that. I have to say, well, are um, you right? That's the question now. Well, well, I yeah. How are we going, Dave? <laughs> what so, you go with? so I've been going Newell because I did see when Noble was, I don't know, it must have been right at the very start of his career. And he joined West, did he join West Ham from Chelsea or Chelsea from West Ham? Something. I, he, I, thought, I thought he was in the academy at West Ham. Oh, he was in the academy at West Ham. Maybe he didn't visit mm. Chelsea. But it was, it was one of his, his, his moves he did early on. And they, um, and, I, and I saw a clip of it being referenced as Noble. Um, whether or not he's decided to kind of go a little bit more uh, continental as the years have gone by, whether you can do that. I don't know. Maybe you can, <laughs> and you can just say, Oh, actually after um, it's new play now, it's definitely new play, but I often have a constant battle with um, Ian when it comes, when it comes to who scored the goal, because then I suddenly start doubting myself on the mic. And then I think, actually, no, I will trust my own instincts. <laughs> so uh, I will do with Nubal on this occasion. I'm sure Ian won't mind me saying that. <laughs> Maybe Dave, we need some clarification. You're absolutely... Go on. Maybe we need some clarification. Maybe we're going to need him himself to say what it is. Because I want the little thing on the E. If it's New Blade, give me the little, give me the little, yeah, um, yeah little accent. Trouble is, I it. keep I keep getting new balls, please, in my head when <laughs> I say new ball. Okay, <laughs> yeah, obviously, not um, day, but no, it's not um, Wimbledon. No. But you're right, they he's lost. starting they lost, didn't they, this weekend. <laughs> oh, very good, yeah. No. <laughs> Chelsea, starting at Chelsea, Dave, you're absolutely it right. It was starting, yeah. And, and then, he, then he signed for West Ham. Thought no. there was, yeah. yeah. Great yeah. knowledge, by the way. Yeah, very good. The man comes research ahead of commentaries, that is. <laughs> yeah. um, nice finish, though. It was a nice yeah. finish because keeper, keeper goes a bit early. Keeper's a bit tired. Yeah. Lies down a bit quick. Makes his mind up for him. But... Does it? Does it nicely? Didn't celebrate. Bored of scoring goals. It, in terms of referencing the finish, it was very much one of those where just head down, foot through it. Yeah, lovely job. You can't really stay fairer than that. Obviously, if it kind of goes straight down the throat of the go- throat of the goalkeeper and gobbles it up, then you're thinking, what what are you doing? But I guess in terms of actually trying to hit the target, you can't really ask for much for much more than that. Um, it was a great run as well because off the ball he was actually running pretty much for almost from his nearly the whole the, his own penalty area right the way to the other end. It, it was some run and it was just so the the 
Thomas, I think it was, that did actually find him because it was one of those where suddenly the game was starting to, to stretch and the spaces were there and you could see the spaces and you're like, can you find the pass? Can you find the pass? Um, and it's a beautiful bit of play, really quick um, breakaway and, and a lovely finish. I didn't actually notice that he didn't celebrate actually in the euphoria of the celebrations when looking into the Thatcher's gold stand. So, so that's interesting, but he's, he's one of those players, isn't he, Nubel, where you, you don't quite know what you're necessarily going to get, I think, which is probably why he found himself at this level. There's times where you think like before the goal, he went on a mazy run down the left-hand side and got his way, way into the penalty area, pulled it back, and unfortunately there was nobody there. Ironically, he kind of needed to be where his pass was going to be in order to be able to finish it himself. There was one but, right at the end of that, after his goal. On the yeah. highlights, there's one exactly the same as that. He travels the entire distance of the pitch with the ball at his feet, and you're thinking, now pass it to Nubal. <laughs> he's not there because he's the one that's done the hard work. Yeah, you think this guy is very sort of... Nicholas Anelka like, or you then get to a point where he's running, running down the wing, doing things. There's nobody there, and you think, "Oh, is he, is he a bit Jimmy Torre for me?" And I hope it's not. Oh, that, goodness but... me! Now wow. come on, <laughs> you've, you've gone, you've gone from the very uh, Anelka <laughs> to Jimmy Torre. Jesus <laughs> he does give me a bit of the Berbatovs, where actually sometimes you think he's just wandering about a little bit. He's not doing an awful lot, but then it's just a flick of a switch. And suddenly he's bullied someone off the ball, taking three nice touches, and we're 40 yards further forward than we were. And you kind of go, what? When did that happen? And I, I I, like that. I think that must be horrible to mark. And if you've been kicked and pushed and shoved about by Hyde and Murphy for an hour, and then that guy's coming off the bench, you go, Jesus Christ, this is the last thing I need. So there's definitely a part for, for Frank New, but I, I, I think he's going to be a real fan's favourite because he's just got that ability just to drift almost three or four quiet minutes and then bang, explode because he's stronger than anyone. He's quicker than, he's quick for a big fella. He can yeah. hold the ball. The ball sticks to his left boot like you wouldn't believe. And I think once he's in a groove, I think he's going to be really tough to stop. But as you rightly say, it's probably only consistency that means he's not playing at a much higher level. He probably just needs to feel feel the love a little bit as well. I mean, well, the amount of clubs you, that he's had. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, keep doing what you did on Saturday. And I guess the, the argument is that, I think we've, we've spoken about this when I've been on here before, that when you've got a player that makes such an impact that, have, that has come off the bench, you then just start to wonder, okay, are you best positioned to be able to come on with the stature that you are, come on with a tiring defence and just be like, oh, God, you're the last person that I want to be dealing with here, let alone someone like Thomas coming on with you as well. I mean, it's the <laughs> it's the ultimate sucker punch, I guess, if you're the, the opposition defenders at 17-minute mark and you see those two coming on. But it would be nice to kind of possibly see how, how it would work from the start as well. Is this what strength and depth feels like? I think we do have to, and I'm sure if he were here, he would he would do it himself. He would have already done it himself, but uh, give credit to Elliot Watts because he did mention on Thursday about having Frank Newble off the bench, and he's, he's already been in touch with me to claim credit for numerous things yeah. that have nothing to do with him. So um, I, I'm sure he's going to uh, claim credit for that one. But I think Newble as well, in the same way Jordan Young will benefit from scoring his first goal. Frank Newell had missed a few, like Saturday against Mason, he had a header, 
which he absolutely should have uh, should have buried. So yeah, I think him getting the goal will 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 do him um the world of good. And I'd I'd imagine the reason well, one of the reasons he was on the bench was was with uh Monday in mind, today in mind, depending when you're listening to this. But um then therefore he um yeah, could probably expect him to start, which that's a segue, Ben. You see that segue? But yes, haven't and Waterlooville, as we discussed both on Thursday, them. both of them, yeah, which is going to be tricky. Um, but neither of them have won a game yet, no, and neither of them have an assistant manager by the looks <laughs> of it, or a uh, they, or they, they still have a manager, but their assistant manager is resigned as of Sunday afternoon, so um, which is a bit of a strange one. So it doesn't seem that all is well down on the south coast. So, it's got to be a good thing, right? I, I, you know as well as I do, we've read the script a million times. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is, this is where, this is where, and if you're trying to describe being a Yeovil fan to somebody, yeah. and we've been hurt so many times before, <laughs> in we're, we're in this new relationship, and we just need to, we need to learn to love again. <laughs> and we, this is one of those, this is, this is the all-important third date of yeah. our new relationship. We need to learn to love again away at Haven't and Waterlooville on a plastic pitch to a team that haven't lost, who are on the verge of sacking their manager and a really attractive new manager has just been sat by their neighbours down at Eastleigh. So they've got a manager that's perfectly applicable to come in and suddenly all these little bits start, oh, well, yeah, if they get a, a you know, uh, I've, I've read this script before. On paper, get that cliche in, it's third against 24th. Whether you're looking at the table or not, it's a team that's, uh, conceded 11 goals already have got one point that point come two games ago uh, against Chelmsford lost against Welling lost against St Albans a team that we've already beat lost against Chipnam conceded four against them and lost against Western Supermay on the opening day I mean this is a perfect a perfect fifth game after the four game spell because what you wouldn't have wanted is a way at Torquay now. You need to continue these runs and say, well, you can do it at home. Can you do it away? This is that perfect opportunity. But there's those asterisks and the scripts that we already know have been written. So what's our position as far as players are concerned? Because so, Staunton no, definitely. Uh, yeah. He's out. Yeah, yeah. Hyde definitely. Now that's changed. Because in the Thursday press conference, he said, we haven't ruled Hyde out. Yeah, it was kind of a maybe, wasn't it? On it Thursday? was a maybe. But yeah. then after the game yesterday on the on the YouTube channel, he says, we've got Monday in mind. Hyde's not going to be there. And it's not ideal for Murphy, he said. So my theory, yeah, my theory is that Murphy will start on the bench and it'll be Thomas and Nubel. Um up front. And then they'll just make a change at the back, whether they go to the five from the off or whether or not they just stick Sendles White in where Staunton was. But apart from that, I think it's pretty much the same. The same. The idea, I think, that Jordan Stevens it'll be too soon for Jordan Stevens. So I think they're looking at next Saturday for him being back involved. But yeah, the three that we would expect to miss out, I think will be the three that miss out. Where do you think Stevens comes in when he is fit and raring to go? Because I've been there. thinking about this. Squeezing the lemon, again, yeah. yeah, he's gonna be squeezing the lemon in, in, the, in the lemon juicer, in the in, in, in the lemon spot. juicer, yeah, in yeah. the mixer, stick it in the lemon juicer. <laughs> um, yeah, genuinely, there, I think I, I don't think he'll get a position, he will get La Trequiesta, 
the free role. He will just be told be there and just make make stuff happen. Yeah. Almost you 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 play with 10 and Jordan Stevens. I'm really excited to get Jordan Stevens back on this pitch. I said it pre-season. He was my he was my player of the year. So when we were doing little previews and things like that, he was the one I was like. I want, I so want I've heard I've heard you speaking about about this before, Ben, and I and I and I want to get behind your your enthusiasm. Um, I just hope he's not going to fall foul to that that expression of, you know, he's a better player when he's when he when he's out injured at the moment, and because we have yeah. we know what he's capable of, and we're we're just sort of waiting for him now to to be let loose and explode into this new season. And I hope that that is exactly what happens. But I do wonder if it might possibly take um, a little bit of time, but even if that's the case and then it, and it ends up being something where he pushes on from Christmas onwards, then obviously that's where you're going to want everybody to be at their maximum anyway, I guess. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more actually. And had we been, had we been where haven't are now or, you know, where a number of other teams are now, where you're thinking, geez, we could do, we're getting going here. You'd be tempted to hurry him back. You'd be tempted to get him involved maybe more so and put more pressure on him. We don't need to do that. Jordan Young's playing brilliantly. JMD hasn't kicked the ball on Saturday. He'll almost certainly come in in some way, shape or form on Monday. And that pressure isn't on him. And I think that's that's the most dangerous bit about it is the pressure's not on him. He can go out there and whether he's getting 30 minutes to get back to fitness or whether he's getting a go from the start to get an hour in, he can just go and just he he should be so much better than this level. I am desperately waiting. I hope he doesn't play too well before the EFL football window closes, transfer window. That's genuine because he should be playing, should be playing at least two levels. Absolutely should be. And he, you know, the only reason he's come here is because he was a, a Mark Cooper guy at Barrow. Um, Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. And he's going to do his return without the pressure of, of what we saw last season, of a player coming in and going, we need you, JMD. You've got to keep this team up. <laughs> and obviously yeah. that, that was too much. We needed him yeah. to do a million things and got injured three days in because he wasn't ready. And I think I think the fact that we haven't rushed Jordan Stevens back is a, is a good sign as well yeah, and shows definitely. that the, the strength and depth that we've got. Because last season, as we all know, that's exactly what we did, wasn't it? Because we, we were signing players that weren't fit and then, um, yeah, trying, yeah. To, trying to... He was one of that. a number that just sort of yeah. were plucked into the team, weren't they, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. And by the end, he was literally... we Well, second to last day... After the Wrexham game, when Bews got injured, we put this injured eleven together, and we were going. It's not bad. That not a bad team. Yeah. Players that can't play. So, yeah. Um, getting back. We got qu- we got a lot of questions. Okay. Oh, we go yeah. to, to question? oh of course. Before we do, can I just say, Ben, if your third date is Haven and Waterlooville, that's pretty bad venue for a third date. I have to say, but there we go. But yeah, I'm I'm going to. Uh, Train strikes uh, pending. I'm going to try and make it to Haven and Waterlooville. I'll probably start at Haven and see uh, what Waterlooville looks Second like. Second half in Waterlooville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got a, a couple on Facebook, uh, both talking about refereeing, um, which I think we've mentioned already. Lee Riggs said, ignoring rule one, which we have done. What sort of officiating was that? First time I've been up this season and the place looks fantastic. Good good performance but by god the official so i think we can all probably agree with lee on that one um 
John, yes, John John Margit asked, in light of the questionable refereeing performance, what is the most ridiculous refereeing decision you've seen at a Yeovil match? Uh, and he picks out the Adam LaFondre penalty against oh. um, uh, Luke yeah. Ayling, which was Bolton, was he at Bolton then? No, Reading. Uh, yes, Reading, was it? Yeah, that was a horrible... Yeah. Uh, Harry Kill. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Fletcher points out Harry Kill. Um, or he said, Harry Kill for me, always Harry Kill. I still hold a grudge, uh, although that's probably the most infuriating rather than the most ridiculous. But um, yeah, I, I can't think any further than Harry Fuel. Dave, you got about it, one it, it's hard. It, it says a lot, isn't it, when you're trying to go back through a plethora of wrong decisions. So you say, what is the most. What's the um, most ridiculous out, of them all? What is the most ridiculous? I don't, I'm not necessarily saying this wasn't warranted but in terms of just the ridiculous nature of it i was at that reading game in the championship when we went down three three players wasn't it and to be honest with you the game probably should have been suspended because was it kiefer moore that then went in for a challenge and got a yellow and it was definitely on that risk he could have definitely been a red and that would have been most astonishing to to have seen that happen but i can't think of it Yes, we do. Yeah, one all. Yeah, 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 yeah. one all. Um, I've got one. Kings Lynn at home. The handball that was offside. That's right. Uh, On the telly. On the telly. On the telly. Yeah, it was on the telly. Might have been the opening day, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Handball, and he's about three yards offside. And offside. Yeah. So far offside, and slots the thing in. Ridiculous. That's that. Yeah, that angers me. But Harry Kuehl takes the win. Okay. Um, Tim Hobble, will we get a substitute goalkeeper to provide competition and cover for Will Buse? It is a concern that probably the most important position on the field has no cover because Lewis Williams has is on loan, which obviously happened since our last podcast on Friday night. I think he rejoined, has gone on a month's loan at Tiverton. Now, he hadn't been on the bench at all, had he? Um, so are we worried about that? We are for 28 days because there is no recall clause available for 28 days. Um, so I'm not worried about it in terms of if something would have happened tomorrow or, you know, because if something happens on Monday during the game, I'm not worried because someone goes in goal in the same way that someone would have just gone in goal throughout the course of the first sort of five games. I'm worried about it if something would have happened in a warm up if something would have happened in a training session, because we would have to then go out and get someone. Um, goalkeepers are 10 to the dozen. You'd find one very, very easily. They're not hard to come by, but we don't want a Dylan Barnes situation. So that is a little bit of a concern. The slightly bigger concern is the fact that he's been given permission to play in the FA Cup. Um, and that might be a little bit more significant if down the line, months down the line, we happen to be an FA Cup third round game and, and and Will Buse should get injured, and we've got Lewis Williams with us, but he can't do anything. Um, mm. So I imagine, I mean, look, these things don't happen without a plan. Phil Osborne will have a list of people that he can call upon at a second's notice. He's probably already called a few people going, look, here's our, here's what we're doing. If something happens, I'm calling you quite quickly, and we're making things happen. Is that all right? Those kind of plans would have already taken place. It's only a real concern if something happens in the warm-up on Monday. Dave, you worried? Um, yeah, um, I guess maybe not worried. Maybe just a, a slight cause of concern, maybe. I mean, as someone who would play football manager and not bother with a substitute keeper, I guess I it would be 
remiss of me to then start to really complain about the fact that we don't have a substitute goalkeeper on the bench. But I'd like to think that if we are sort of saying that this is going to be a month's loan, that there is sort of a, a plan in place, um, whether that be, as Ben suggests, that there's there's somebody that's not too far away, whether logistically, um, just to say that, look, we're struggling a little bit here, here now just to see us through a couple of weeks. But like you've just touched on, Ben, it's whether or not there's a knock at the very last, you know, training session of the week, or if it's mm. the um, on the morning of the game or something, then I guess it's, it. well, it is a concern because then I don't really know who you're calling in and on then. You're sort of going deeper into the youth to try and find somebody that's that's ready to do it. Unless, I don't know, if, if you felt that then your youth keeper wasn't, ready at that point are you then starting to mess around with saying okay who's our best uh outfield player that's that's best suited to go and go at that at that point or are you or are you gambling on the youth is a difficult one I, I guess it would be will Dawes, purely because he did it in the somerset premier cup when news um, was sent off yeah i guess it would be will Dawes. i mean of the squad i mean will Dawes wasn't on the bench yesterday um of the squad who who, who would you want to do it but he wasn't in the squad so if if without I've, wishing I've, to preempt I've, I've, on a match day morning if if will buse goes down in the third minute and gets injured and doors isn't on the bench who's doing it who's doing it do you just want to just want to go like abs, absolute kind of maverick and just stick a Nubal or a thomas in there and just say right just absolute size and presence that's what we want <laughs> fill the goal yeah. and then we've got enough sort of firepower to be able to compensate for one of those and, and just sort of fight out, fight out between you i've got a feeling charlie cooper sticks his hand up you know you think he looks like the sort of guy that just goes give me the fucking gloves give me the gloves get on with it i've done everything else i'll do yeah. this as well yeah bring, yeah bring hours on stick him in midfield i'll go in that's my guess. But hopefully, and if I if I preempted this now, oh geez. Yeah. If there's, if there's don't, yeah, sorry. Don't think about it. Sorry, don't Will. Think about it. Right. Uh into to, into X, the X questions. Cool. Um Clevo obviously gotta say it with a voice. So changes tomorrow, other than Staunton and Hyde coming out, question mark. Would like to see this starting eleven. Views, oh. Williams, Sendles White. Wannell, Whittle, Cooper, Worthington, Young, JMD, Thomas, Nuble. Okay. That's yeah, it's a yes from me, I think. Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got Nuble kind of play, and I don't know if it's just the way he's laid it out on his um on his tweet, but he's got Nuble playing as a almost like a lone striker with young JMD and Thomas behind, but in a Thomas kind in of the- a- yeah, in the lemons, in, in, in the yeah, it's, the it's lemons in the juicer again, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're in the juicer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I want to see Zach Bell, so I I'm probably thinking that he's going to go Zach Bell right wing back, Whittle left wing back, Sendles White Williams and one or Cooper and Worthy in the middle. Yeah, then I think he's going to go JMD, Nubel and Young, Hughes Thomas from the bench. Okay. I think Jordan Young's goal has kept him in the team ahead of Thomas because I think Thomas would have started. Just my guess. Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd have to agree. I think the performance of of yeah, I even got into the was it today that you got into the team of the team of the yeah. week team of the yeah. yeah. 
Team of the week that he got in, and it was very well deserved. I think if he's not starting on Monday, if it, unless he's got a knock or something, I think he'd have every right to say, Gaffer, what what the hell's going on here? Because that that was, you know, that was, was my best performance in the oval shirt. Let's be honest. Um, come on. yeah, almost a pro pilot comes in with his, his usual four questions in 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 order to you, which is just greedy if you ask me. But um, well, quick fire because these are most of these are about the game um on Saturday, Dave. So these are these are quick fire for you. Yeah. Um, was the midfield more organised on previous occasions against Tombridge? Was the midfield more organised than on previous? All oh, right, was it more organised on Saturday than it was previously? Um, so. I guess the scoreline suggested that it was. I know you can't always read too much into that, but the fact that we had um, Blue Everton playing as that little connect. I'm doing it again in the juicer, <laughs> playing in that it's connection. The imaginary the- juicer. Yeah, playing playing in um, in between the lines and and connecting everything up. And I I think it helped as well the fact that our forward thinking players did actually play pretty well throughout the game obviously they touched on the fact that Murphy had a sort of a, not his best afternoon but generally speaking I think everybody kind of had their um their best performance performance of the season so that linked in with the fact that the defense looked assured and we looked a threat every time we went forward I think I have to say that it was the most assured that I've seen the whole package this season to be honest that, that wasn't a quick fire answer, Dave, but we'll it go wasn't. for a yes. We'll go for a yes on that one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A very yeah, qualified sorry. yes, it was as well. Yeah. Um, I was short in it for the next three. Okay. Was it uh, man of the match from Saturday. Uh, Jordan Young. Yeah. Um, oh, now we're into now, now we're into prediction. Score predictions for having a Waterlooville. I guess we're all going to have to go for these, aren't we? Uh, nil two. Nil two. Ben? Uh, one three. Mm. Yeah, I can see them scoring, so I'm going to go one two. Um, uh, and that, now we're asking to predict man of the match from having. I don't know if we can go that far, can we? I don't. Yeah. No, but, uh, Frank Newell. Okay. Right. Go on uh, then. Pick, <laughs> no, pick a player. <laughs> uh, young again. Okay. I'm going to have whoever goes in goal when Ben's injured. Will Buse. Um, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, the off-the-line blog. We've got blogs asking us questions uh, now. Um, uh, who is the best front two? Murphy and Hyde started um, started yesterday, but Nubel and Thomas did well coming on. Which of those is the best front two? I think they're all considerably better than Scrimmy and Jimmy. Ah, yes, they are. Anything. I mean, us three up front would probably be better than Scrimmy and Jimmy, to be fair, but sure. yeah. Um, I... So we, are we not allowed... Uh... A Murphy a and a Murphy and a Thomas or a no? Nubel, I think it? I yeah. think it's binary. I think it's either Murphy and Hyde or Nubel and Thomas. I, I mean, know. I quite like the idea of, of of what happened Saturday, and as much as softening them up, because because I think you want your experienced I people agree. to wind them up, soften them up a bit, and then and then unleash the uh, the big lads uh, off the bench to come and to stomp all over them. Yeah, I I think I think I. If everyone's fit and you could only pick two, I'll go Murphy Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second that. Um, Jonathan Hooper, good win. And it was great to see a bit more pace in the team on Saturday. Is Morgan Williams our best defensive midfielder? 
The more I see of Morgan Williams, the more it stands out like a really sore thumb that we missed him at the back end of last year. Mm-hmm. Very true. He's so good. Mm. He really is. He's dependable, um, isn't he? Yeah, and and when you're asking someone to do three jobs, to be the middle of a three, to be the right back, to be a right wing back, maybe even a fourth job in a in a middle of a two, and the fact that you can quite happily be more than okay with seeing him in any of those roles, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you reckon we've got we've got the the um the basis has kind of turned him into a bit of a Mikel Antonio and suddenly he'll just sort of move further and further up the pitch and, and just become a you know a, a record goal scorer one day possibly because he kind of <laughs> I, does have that vibe of where he'll just you know he'll play anywhere where needed and if there is a a shortage anywhere then he might find himself to a sort of plugging the gaps and getting further and further maybe, up the pitch. Maybe he'll be the one going in goal. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, this, 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 this does link in nicely to a question from Robin Batchelor because he asks, what are Matt Worthington and Morgan Williams' best position and where should they play for us when everyone is fit? That's a great question, but they both should play when everyone's fit. Mm-hmm. Um... For me, I think Morgan Williams is um, right side of the uh, of, a, of a back three if you're playing a, a, a back three. I was going to say it depends on that formation doesn't yeah. it because I do quite like Williams as a centre back but if you're playing a four and yeah. you want Josh in there, right then yeah, you're probably right going back. yeah you're probably going Josh yeah. and we'll um, say he's the right side of defence depending on what the defence looks like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah but but Matt Worthington's an interesting one because he's obviously been playing deeper but I have to say that last season when he was playing further forward I, I really liked him um going forward Matt Worthington and he doesn't seem to have the sort of license to roam and that might be because of the other players that there are around him but what do you what do we think um, Matt Worthington's best position is you're going to make me really. do the gesture. You're going to make me do the yes, gesture. He's the juicer. He's a, be, be a good juicer. He's and in the I juicer. Don't know, I, I, I don't mind him where he is, really, because, like you say, he's, he's got a good engine on him. And on Saturday, both him and Cooper were really good at winning the ball back um, for Yeovil. That was quite um, quite a prominent part of the play, to be honest, is that we were able to win win the ball back in that in that midfield area. And like you say, because we're kind of blessed with the forward players that we've got at the moment, then I'm quite I'm quite comfortable with with where he is, to be honest. Because again, he's another one of those players that we could start to tinker with and move around in various different positions. And I guess we kind of we don't want to try and keep on doing that too much. So then we don't get to Christmas and everybody's played in several positions already. Maybe that's a good thing, but I I think you kind of want to nail it down into into one position that you can kind of become a master in. Ben, I would suggest uh, hard to hard to disagree. I like him in the middle, box to box. Let him go forward, but let him get back and and, and clear up as well. Um, we are going to need flexibility. Injuries will kick in, and suspensions will kick in sooner rather than later. So we will need a bit of flexibility. Nice segue, Ben. I don't know if you meant yeah, it. Nice but... segue. Debs says hi, and she does a little waving hi. hand emoji. So, hi. Anyway. yeah, we are all waving. Um, in your opinion, who will be the first to receive a match ban for bookings this season? Mark Cooper. I was just going to say the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
just oh. for reference, uh, Murphy three bookings, Charlie Cooper two, uh, Worthington two, Whittle one, or Sandals White, Morgan Williams, Thomas Buse, uh, Bell all on one. Both um, Chris Todd and Mark Cooper have one as well. Managers wow. and off the pitch only need three to enact a ban. So uh, both Reese Murphy and Todd and Cooper are both two away. On the tightrope. I saw Marco Silva's already got that, hasn't he? I think I saw the full. Yeah, he's got three and three. Yeah, he's got three and three. three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Murphy would be able to say high high on that list because with the directive that's come in, I think it's kind of it's almost like it's been set out particularly for Reese Murphy. (laughs) So I do feel sorry for him. He's going to talk his way into a van. Yeah. Someone at IFAB must hate him. Yeah, he probably thinks I hate him at the moment for what I've been saying about him. I, I, sorry, Reese. It's it, it's, all love it's all but love. It's all but love. Yeah, all but love. Yeah, we've just been hurt too many times. Um, <laughs> right. Well, we're going to close with two questions from Elliot Watts because um, they're just questions that should be at the end of this little section, I think. Um, so he says, "How do you think M. Cooper and C. Cooper address each other in personal or family situations?" I'm obsessed to find out how this dynamic works. Now, I have to say, it's a little bit weird that you're obsessed by that, Elliot. But um, <laughs> how do you think they refer to each other? Is it Dad and Chaz? Do you reckon? Yeah. I think I think there's Coop. I think it's Coops and Gaffer. Coops and gaffer. Okay, I think they right. keep it purely professional, even yeah. around the dinner table. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Gaffer, can you pass me the potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> what a question, Watsy. What a question. Um, yeah. Yeah. Me- I don't. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Ch- Chaz and Dad, I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I doubt he calls him Mister Cooper, does he? I mean, that would no. be very. Um, well, either of them to each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. More yeah. sprouts, please, wait. Mr. Cooper. Yeah. So, so, I mean, Mark Cooper, when he refers to him in, in, in an interview, he calls him Charlie, doesn't he? Yeah, re- repeatedly. He doesn't call him my lad or anything like that, does he? Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe it's as boring as that. Dad and Charlie. Yeah. Um, MC, double C. Yeah, <laughs> MC Double C. That sounds like, a, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, last question uh, then from Elliot is: What is your favourite old school yovel chant? Kettle is a wanker. We can't say that now. We like him. Oh yeah, we do, don't we? Yeah. Is I'd say awesome? I was always a big fan of uh, uh, Dawson or Kevin Dawson runs down the wing for I was always a fan of that. Yeah, the Luke Ayling song was always was always a good one to say that. Yeah, chant. Yeah. Go on, do the Luke Ayling one for. I'm not sure I remember. Oh, Luke Ayling, for the love of my life. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I'll let you. My yeah. That one. Now you're now you're both married men. You can't go into this one. You did self-edit the word wife, which won't offend anybody. <laughs> the other self-edit was fine. Oh, no so, problem with yeah, self-editing yeah, so, the first um, one. Yeah, so I'm actually living in sin because we do have a child, but we're not married. So I apologise oh. to anyone. So I do apologise to anyone who's offended by that, but that's probably why I would have... <laughs> get, um, get him off, get him off. That's why, that's what, I hadn't realised. That's why I've blanked out the word wife. <laughs> uh, on our strict <laughs> Christian podcast as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. Well, oh, what, what's your yeah. worst charm? I have to say, I, I don't like the... Um, Rich, Robin Batchelor reminded me of it the other day when, when Richard Hines appeared on our little um, uh, montage at the beginning, but 
Richard Hines, my lord, Richard Hines. And it was like, it's just, it's just a chant for somebody you just can't think of that chant for, isn't it? But yeah. Well, you touched I... on that um, the other week with the um, the DJ Otzi one with, with the manager. Are we okay yeah. with just sticking the manager's name in Didn't work, did each it? time? Yeah. Didn't work because I heard it on the whole, I heard it on the HP source at the end and it felt forced. Yeah. Felt forced doesn't work. Because you have to, you have to elongate the arc. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very short, isn't it? Yeah, Mark. Do you love the town? It doesn't. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, that is food us for thought, that fans. Food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> food for food, food for thought. Right. Okay. We done. So we happy? We done. Uh, I'm going to do my very best to get down to Haven't and Waterlooville tomorrow. Um, like I say, train strikes may uh, may 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 scupper me, but I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a good go. So I could be stuck somewhere in the middle of England at some point tomorrow. Are you, are you going day. via public transport? Huh? You going via public transport? Yes. That's brave. Have you already booked a ticket? Yes. For the match as well. Yes. I, you have to because it's uh, all ticket. Oh. Yeah, all ticket. You have to buy them by five o'clock today. So if anybody's listening to this on their way to heaven and you haven't got a ticket, you haven't got a ticket, oh. then you're <laughs> yes, not nice. getting in. I don't think. Well, you might get in, but I don't know. But anyway, yes. Well, Dave, thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully, um, we will have you back again, GCOG as you are. So, um, and Ben, nice to see you. Thank you, gents. Should we let Ian back on Thursday? Should yeah, let him back go on then. Yeah, right. let's let him, let's let him back in. Yeah, and we'll uh, yeah see talk about Monday on Thursday. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, guys. Evening, gents. Thanks. Can't find the stop record button. <laughs> and with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard. Making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal.